Welcome to Blue Ark Station Radio, the only radio for Blue Ark Station, where we play the best of music from Earth's history. And you know, I'm really feeling it today, folks. It's going to be a great day. Let me share some music I found in the catalog. This type of music is called reggae, and it's in every life of the... We interrupt this scheduled broadcast for a breaking news update from the Sticky Buttons podcast. All right, man. Let's jump in and talk about some video games. Let's do it. Let's do it. What have you been playing recently? Well, so recently, I uh, so actually my my girl came and visited me about a week ago, and she was here for about a week. Got my Pokemon game out for her on like my DS, like Pokemon Pearl. I got that out for her to try because I was like, "All right, babe. I'm like, I know you're kind of bored. Like, I'm working from home. Like, try this out." She just she wouldn't pick it up. She wouldn't pick it up at all. Like, I've been trying to get her to play video games, and she's just, like, she's just not into it. And she was like, yeah, like, I've played Pokemon before. I'm not really into it. Moral of the story is, as soon as she left, probably within, like, a day, I picked it up, and uh, I've been playing it, like, a fuck ton. (laughs) Just, like, sitting in my bed and, like, playing it and doing that. I've also, like, I'm trying to work through the current season on Modern Warfare. I think I'm, like, in between rank, like, 30 and 40, I haven't really been playing it that much. Then I've got, oh, I also, I started this other indie game, like, with with Aaron. It's like a puzzle-type game. It's called Cube 2. Have you ever heard of it? Cube. Yeah, like Cube. Cube, Cube 2. Do you know what studios makes made that game? Do you know what studios? Let me, let me look it up right here. Cube 2. It sounds like an interesting game. It's pretty cool. I, I really like it. It's very, it's like a puzzle-based game. So I didn't play the the first one, um, but I did play. Like I'm, I'm like I, I would say I maybe am like forty percent done. But I'm actually having some problems finding which studio made it. But so it's really cool. So like basically, like you wake up and you're like um, a scientist that has amnesia. It looks like it's toxic. Okay. They're out of the UK, and I guess Cube Two um, is an award-winning game. What award did it win? I'm trying to find that right now. I'm not quite sure. Indie game, gotta love indie games. They they are so they're the best. And so yeah, it's supposed to be okay. So here's it's toxic games and trapped nerve. Is another looks like the other studio that it was like a co conjunction kind of job there with that game. That's always a good. That's always a good uh, thing when studios collaborate to make something. Oh wow, I'm actually looking at like a. They have like a little bit of a like trailer and I, I guess i'm not even like i haven't seen like any of that stuff so maybe not maybe i'm only like 10 percent done like i don't know i like i saw like two puzzles that i recognized um so basically you wake up and it like the the aspect of the game like the gameplay it's like you're you have two hands like it's like your hands and it's like a, you're in a biometric suit with the biometric suit you can like manipulate the the cubes around you um to like solve puzzles and like progress through the levels um, but the, it's kind of weird as you wake up and you're like talking to yourself. You're like, where am I? And you're like, like looking around, like you can't really do too much. And then like a voice comes in through the headset and she's like, um, I think her name is like Emma or something, or maybe your name's Emma, uh, but she's like a scientist. And I guess she's like a, in charge of this project. And she's like, Emma, like I found your file. I, th- I think the main character's name is Emma. Like I found your file. Like, like what's the last thing you remember? All right. Like you have to get to the top of this you have to get to the, basically you have to get to the top of this tower to, to communicate 
um, to see if there are any other survivors. So we like, we need you to get there. And then like, so you're like trying to progress through and then like, you're like, I can't hear you anymore. And there's like a storm and it like knocks out your communication with her. Um, and then you basically have to like traverse this. Um, you like come across this, like this landscape and it's like a tree. And it's like this, like, it's like a very, like, like you're only surrounded by cubes and like environments that are like rectangles. And then it's like this huge open space and there's like a tree. And you're like, it reminds me of my husband. What? Like, what's going on? And then like after that, like the, the scientist that's like quit, like you can hear in your headsets, like starts quizzing you like, what's the last thing you remember kind of thing. And she's like, oh, I was like in Scotland with my husband and we were like doing research on this thing. So like, I, I'll have to keep you posted on like what I find out, but it's like very like, it's, it's got me hooked. So I played probably like a, now I would say I probably played an hour of this game and it's supposed to be like a, here, let me look up how long it's supposed to be. I, th- I think it's supposed to be like a, like a three hour something camp com- campaign. Interesting game. Cube two. I was expecting something with like cubes and like moving them around and puzzles, but um, it's a, is it a first person or a third person? Um, it's first person. Yeah. So the only part of your body that you can see are your hands. Oh, which is okay. very interesting. And there's and, a Bioshock kind of. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting like it's an interesting metric. So it's about it says if you just play the main story, it's about a five hour campaign. So I guess I'm about a fifth of the way through, about twenty percent. So I I played this. So here, like full disclosure, I was trying to I was trying to once again trying to get my girlfriend into playing games with me. I like rushed through like 30 minutes of this game. So I played it for like 30 minutes, like probably an hour or two before she got here. And I was like, all right, this is a good introduction. Cause like, she's not like used to the 3d, like two joysticks, like how to navigate that space. Right. Um, and like the puzzles aren't that complicated. If, if you like know how gaming puzzles work, like if you know, it's like, Oh, like, like the way I always think about it, it's like, what, like what tools do I have? What can I do? And like, how would this help me? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like the checklist that I run through when I play. So it like took me like 30 minutes to get through this. And then like I had her play and like, she was like very like struggled with like the, the metrics of how to do it or like how to like look around and stuff. But like she picked up on that in like the first like five, 10 minutes. And I was like, awesome. Like this is like a good introduction to like somebody that doesn't know how to like navigate the 3d 3d landscape like with the two joysticks. But it, it took her a little bit over an hour to do what took me 30 minutes. <laughs> that's so, just experience yeah yeah it's it's all about experience like she's definitely like super intelligent but like she is like never under like she's never really like played those kind of puzzles before you know and like i feel like there's like there's certain things in like gaming that like i guess like stepping stones or it's like you have to understand this to like be able to understand this you know right. what i mean unlike that that two joysticks like you have to be able to like figure out how to navigate that space that's an interesting idea of like the experiences that people have had with different controllers and how that affects their their future experiences with games yeah definitely and then i think like like the current generation like playstation and xbox controllers are like they're very similar they have all the same buttons and then there's like the switch and the switch light i think they only have like do they have a and b you have a switch yeah they do but they only have do they have one trigger or do they have two triggers they have two triggers okay so i guess it's the same they have they have all the same buttons then yeah, very similar scheme. But I mean, like, it hasn't always been that way. Because there's, like, like, because I remember, like, well, like, even on the, 
like the Pokemon game that I'm playing right now. Like it's just like just the four directional buttons and then four other buttons like A, B, like Y and X. So all you need. So like if you don't know, but if you don't know how to use like the two joysticks to like, you know, navigate a space, like that's, that's different for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, this is our, uh, this is our pilot episode. So this is, this is our first episode and I kind of thought we kind of decided we were going to talk about some pilot games. So I guess I'll start off with asking you, do you have any experiences like playing like pilot games, like where you're the pilot? Um, I really haven't played that many pilot games or not that I could remember. One game that really resonates with me is uh, GTA five yeah. rockstar rockstar games just does a really good job of, um, of, of making the planes fun to, to use in that yeah, game. That's true. Cause you can use like a bike or like a car or like a semi truck and you can get in like helicopters and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that game. Pilot a bunch of different things. And and I love that it's so free. You can just, you can go anywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. So I actually, I have a follow-up question on that. Is that GTA 5, is that the same game that they're coming out with for like the new consoles? So I don't really, I don't really play GTA. I've never really gotten into it. Like it's definitely fun. Like, and I've definitely enjoyed playing it a couple times. I've never really like gotten super into it. Do you know if that's the same one that they are releasing as like one of the new exclusives for like PlayStation Five? I'm certain that they're releasing GTA Five again for PlayStation Five. They're going to re-release it and let people play it on the new consoles. Um, but they definitely are working on a GTA Six as well. Okay. So Rockstar Games is hard at work and they're hustling. So I guess like the the thing. Maybe it's just me because I don't really have a ton of nostalgia playing this game. It's like, it's this, I feel like it's going to be the same thing, but just for like the PS5. Do you think they're going to add anything different to it? Or? I, I don't know. I, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, with the, the next generation, there's supposed to be a lot of uh, new capabilities. And you would think that they would try to like incorporate some of that into the game. Because usually Rockstar Studios does do stuff like that. I remember when uh, GTA V transitioned from the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One, there was the Kinect that you could use, and it allowed you to basically like speak while you were playing. And uh, for example, if you, you know, went to stick up a liquor store, you could uh, raise your voice and make them give you more money. Um, it really like they found a way to incorporate the new console and and I really do think that they're going to try and do that again do that yeah do that once more in the new console um, but I'm, not, I'm not I'd be I'd be interested to see what else they say about that I feel like we should have maybe we should have like our own like like an episode of, like exclusively about the new consoles and like next gen and yeah maybe we should do that we should put that on put that on the list I guess I'll start with the ones that I have the most nostalgia for and like the ones that I like the most that I've enjoyed the most. And that's Star Wars Battlefront 2015 and Star Wars Battlefront 2. I, those are just so much fun. Like one, like, cause it's also like a first person shooter, like set in Star Wars. And then also like you can play it as like Starfighters. And like being like a pilot in the, um, like the Star Wars universe is just like so cool. Um, like such like a, like a, I guess like a childhood fantasy of being able to like jump into like a starfighter and like go like explore yeah. and like fight the like the empire you know like I just think that's so cool. Definitely. So like, do you have any like? Did you ever play? Did you ever play Star Wars Battlefront? 
I played the first Star Wars Battlefront. I really enjoyed playing online with my friends. I remember being uh, Emperor Palpatine and talking people a lot. It was one of my favorite things to do. I thought Emperor Palpatine was like a really funny uh, character to play as. Just his movements and whatnot. Emperor Palps. He, he's probably one of my um, my new favorites to play in the new one. Really? Too. I bet I bet he is. He's just he's a great he's a great character. I love his hands. Dude, yeah, it's just like the like the lightning. So yeah. I don't really remember, um, but I know in like the, the new um, Star Wars Battlefront, like the left and right trigger, they're for each like left and right hand. Is that how they were in the twenty fifteen? So I was trying to remember and I yeah, couldn't I'm fairly certain that's how they were. Gosh, that is that is like a cool. Um, that's like a, that's a cool way to like that's a cool game mechanic. All of the heroes, they're like all different. Like they all, yeah, they all play different, and they all have like different abilities and stuff like that. I could, dude. Honestly, I feel like maybe we should do our do like a, a Star Wars Battlefront, um, Star Wars Battlefront two like specific game. I think that would be really or like episode. I think that would be really cool. I would even, I'd even lend you my my Star Wars Battlefront too, so you could get some get some gameplay in it. Get some that, gameplay on it. What console do you have it on? I have it on the Xbox, Xbox okay. One. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't really want to dive too much into it right now, but there's definitely like there's like a curve that you have to get. So there's four classes for like the multiplayer. Um, well, there's also like I guess pilot episode. I'll start with that first. So like. There's like Starfighter Starfighter Assault, which is where you you like jump into like a match and you can like either choose between third person or first person. And you there's like objectives, but it's also like there's other pilots there and like you have to kill them. Um, it's super fun. And there's also like I don't know if it started out this way or if they just added it because there weren't as many people in the lobbies. Um, but there's also like some AI bots in there as well. Yeah, there there were AI bots in 2015. I remember. Okay, I just I couldn't remember that either. So that's that's super fun, uh, just to be able to get in get in those game modes. And then there's like three classes: the assault class, there's the bomber class, and what's the other one? Um, interceptor. It's the interceptor class. So yeah, that's super that's super fun. Um, and then there's like like I said, the three classes, and they each do different things. Um, but you have to get each of them. You have to like get each of them to level twenty in order to be able to unlock all of their their abilities. That's really challenging especially because the main event or like the, the main reason people play this game is to play the first person shooter aspect or like the, the I guess a lot of people play it in third person and, and I do as well, the multiplayer aspect of it. So that can be really challenging um, just because like, there's like a huge difference between somebody that's a level 20 and somebody that's a level 10. Cause like, there's like um, abilities that give you like more health, like better shields, like better weapons, and it's like it's very significant between what some like a somebody like that could get like the first tier of unlocks and somebody that has them all um so that's that's discouraging if you're a new player just because it takes so much to get to that that final like the final aspect of it yeah definitely but they do probably my favorite um like pilot game mode that they have in in star wars battlefront 2 it's like heroes yeah it's heroes um game modes it's heroes yeah heroes starfighter right there's something like that but basically like you can play as like boba fett or like luke skywalker mm. and or like darth vader's tie fighter and there's like just so many it's like so cool like and then they have like three different um like millennium falcons that you can choose from oh. there's like chewbacca and ham 
Ray and Chewbacca, Lando and Chewbacca, I think. Or maybe it's Lando and Han. I'm not quite sure. Or, oh, gosh. What's, what's Lando's droid? I think it might be Lando and, and his droid. I can't remember her name right now. That's super fun, like, just to be able to hop into those. And it's, like, 4v4. So as soon as you lose your hero, you can, like, spawn as, like, a, a regular starfighter. Uh, but then as soon as all four heroes on one team are dead, like, that's the end of the round. And there's, like, three rounds. Or it's, like, the best, best out of three, I guess. And it's, like, the first to, like, kill, destroy the other heroes. The other heroes, yeah. Okay. So it's really cool because um, if you can, like, survive, like, like, the first, like, round, I guess, like, where, like, one or two of the other starfighters are – like, if you can survive that, then it's really fun because then you can just pick off the people that are spawning as not right. heroes. Like, just because, like, the, the hero starships are so much better. But I guess I'll, I guess we'll move on. So, in, so this, is, this is the question that we had um, when we were trying to figure out an outline for this. And that was what constituted as a racing game. Um, or, I'm sorry, what constituted as a pilot game? And, like, do racing games count as pilot games? So what are, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. When I think of a pilot, I, I think of just getting behind a machine and operating it. You know, video games are, are simulations, and in, in those simulations, they, they do simulate, you know, getting behind machines and operating them. And I think any game that does that in, in any way could be considered a pilot game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I kind of I kind of have a similar yeah, similar conclusion. What I was thinking about I was like, well, is a pilot like somebody that navigates like a like a four-dimensional space? Like when you're a starfighter in space, like there's like like four dimensions like up down, um like sideways and then like like you know what I mean, like it's like a 3D space. Or I guess is that is that a 3D or 4D? Well, I guess you would be going through time as well, the fourth dimension of time. Because you're going, you're starting at a point and you're ending at another point whenever you play one of these. Pilots. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's a plane and there's three, there's four directions in that plane. So yeah, I guess it would be, I guess it would be the four dimensional. We got there. That's cool. Look at us being nerds. So I, the, the reason that I, I ended up deciding that that was not, that it shouldn't be that is because of, of Titanfall, of Titanfall 1 and 2. So, have you? Did you ever play those games? I played Titanfall one. I briefly played Titanfall two. Didn't get to play it as much as I did the first, but I, I really enjoyed playing Titanfall. Playing through that campaign was really interesting. Oh, dude, I more loved better. that campaign. It was even more fun just getting in those Titans and and just zooming around and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Dude, yeah, I have I have a lot of fond memories playing Titanfall and Titanfall two. Um, I actually, I didn't even, so this is, this is kind of the, I actually have this written down in the notes. Um, I feel like Titanfall 2 didn't really get, uh, didn't get as much um, like recognition as it deserved. Um, Titanfall 2 is like, like such an amazing game. Like you touched on it briefly, um, but like the campaign, it's just, I, I think it's so amazing. And then like the multiplayer where you like run on walls, like, Dude, it is just so fun. Like being able to like get like a smart pistol and like run on a wall and like shoot the smart pistol and just keep on going and like just get those kills. Like, oh, dude, nothing, dude. I just love that. That was so much fun. I mean, I was, I think I was like a, this was a freshman, sophomore 
year of college for me when those two games came out or when, well, when Titanfall two came out, uh, but I had the first one before and just like, I was like, after like a stressful class, just hopping on and just fucking some shit up. That was so much fun. Um, But so yeah, we'll come back to why uh, it didn't really, why I don't think it got the recognition that it deserved. So basically because of that, like, I, I think I decided that like you're a pilot in that, um, if you're unfamiliar with Titanfall 1 and 2, you're like a grunt in, in like a sci-fi like war. Um, and there's like two factions in this war. In the second one, so basically in the first one, um, it was one of the first games that it just dropped like an all online game, like all online, like no campaign, like only multiplayer. And like you kind of learn about the world and learn about the story through the online play. Um, and like when you do the like different multiplayer games like you just learn a little bit more about it and it was it was very cool like just like the game mechanics and aspects were like very new to to first person shooters at the time and it just like really delivered like a lot of hype with the new consoles because that was i think titanfall titanfall one came out pretty close to the first like the first wave of releases for the xbox actually i think that might have even been on xbox 360 yeah i think so too i I like to think of Titanfall as like post, post the Call of Duty era. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a period of time where Call of Duty was really like the staple for first-person shooters, and um, that kind of like when Titanfall dropped, it was like, okay, it's time for like other people to try, try this first. Yeah, person. like what's their like? What is this independent studio's like take on this? Yeah. And actually, I, I think I heard, I, you'd have to look this up. Um, like, if you're a listener and you like, want to fact check this, you totally can. I'm pretty sure that a lot of the people that worked on Titanfall 1, like, previously worked for, like, Call of Duty. And, like, that yeah. studio. I'm pretty sure it was, like, Activision. Yeah, Activision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was blanking on the name. Yeah. But, yeah, they were kind of, like kind of fed up with some stuff and they said let's make our own game like let's leave this and make our own game and I think that that's that's really cool and I think they really captured like what people wanted at the time in Titanfall yeah they did they definitely did they made a game that was just you could get on it and and spend some some hours on it so so basically like there's like two aspects like there's two tiers of this like the online play there's like you playing like as a first person shooter on the ground and then there's also these like titans, these like huge like like robots that like you are the pilot of. Like you control these like big mechs. Yeah. And there's like a word for I, I'm blanking on it, so I'll, I'll just move on. But it's like a word for like when you make a movement, it makes a movement. So it's like very much like you're driving it with your movements. And it's kind of like like touched on that like those are the elites of the like like only the like you have to be like an insane like warrior in this like in this like fictional landscape to be able to have to be a pilot and then you can call down like your titan and they touch more on it in titanfall 2 elaborate on that more and like the campaign is like your relationship with your titan and it's it's very cool how it goes about like introducing you and like how like you fit into this world and like like what your chances are of ever even like like playing as a titan and and it's also like it's it's like with like call of duty you can like if you have like a sniper you can like kind of sit in the back of the map and 
like you can go slower um but like this is like you're meant to like move like you're meant to run on walls like you have a jet pack like you're you're meant to like double jump and like these huge double jumps because you have a jet pack so it's like it's just so fun to just navigate the whole the landscape and stuff it's, too. it just feels like some natural movements they really got that right yeah so if you if you didn't know um the creators of titanfall one and titanfall two also made apex legends which at the time when apex legends came out they were the biggest battle royale and i think they got like two million players in like the first couple weeks and that was a that was a really big deal and they changed they changed how those, those games are played like battle royales like they introduced an aspect where you can communicate to your like you can where you can mark an enemy um they also introduced um an aspect where there's no fall damage um it's very like it's very cool because it like builds on this it builds on the world of of titanfall one and titanfall two um, in a really cool way um did you ever play apex legends do you want to touch yeah, on any of that i did play apex legends um it was a really fun game i can't i kind of came out of nowhere yeah, it definitely did. It was definitely like one day uh, I was just chilling in the library and like I had my little, my little in my fraternity. He was just like, hey, dude, like I just downloaded this game. It came out today. Like, let's, let's play this. And like, we just jumped on. Like it was, it really came out of nowhere. It was good. I, I really like, I enjoy Battle Royales a lot. You can kind of like get lost in the competition of like trying to survive. I, I love that aspect of it. And I feel like Apex Legends really brought like a kind of like a Halo-y vibe to it. Oh yeah, definitely. Like a, like instead of like super realism, it was kind of like more cartoonish, like more sci-fi, and and that it it kind of makes it feel more fun and more accessible, kind of as a as a opposed to the the modern warfare one that a lot of people are playing right now. Uh, but that, I mean that wasn't out yet at the time. But yeah. Fortnite was a big competition. There was, um, I'm pretty sure there's another one that people played public. PUBG. PUBG. PUBG is another one that people played a lot of. I'm pretty sure we're missing out on some others. Battle Royales have really been, um, you know, something that's gained a lot of popularity recently. And it doesn't, yeah. look, it's going to lose steam. Yeah, no, people, people love it. And I, I, I like it. Um, to like a certain extent like I've definitely like I've gotten wins on all of them I actually think the first the first time I played Apex um, by myself like my first run I was I think I I was like oh man like this is crazy I got a couple kills and then I was like I wonder how this is gonna go down I was like oh it looks like I'm like in the last squad and then I just got blopped and I was like number and I was like the second squad and I was like oh that stinks Um, but yeah it's like it's like so fun it can be like so exhilarating I personally I don't know how much I love the like one and done kind of thing. Um, like I definitely like think that it, I think that there can be some more tweaks and actually like, I guess like with the one and done, um, the, like the new modern warfare really addressed that as far as like the, the gameplay aspects of that. I was, they introduced the gulag in a way that you can like buy your, um, like buy your teammates back in. Yeah. Do you want to you touch on that at all? The Gulag, I mean, I'm not really familiar with the Modern Warfare one that well. I have fought in the Gulag, you know, I've tried to punch my way back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really too too familiar with it. Gotcha. So, I'll, yeah, I guess I'll just give a, a brief, brief overview of it. Um, so, once you, once you die, once you die the first time, 
you get like captured and you get like sent to the gulag and then you kind of like you're in this like arena style area and it's like pretty cool like it's a it gets it kind of like it like to me personally it reminds me of like of like what like my middle school bathrooms looked like <laughs> but it's like supposed to like rep- replicate like a prisoner of war camp and it's like if you can like so like every like in there you're in an, in the arena with everybody that has also died once and then you get thrown in the arena and then it's 1v1 on you ver- you versus another guy and if you win you go back out and can join your teammates and then if you die like your teammates can still buy you in but you're you're done effectively from a gameplay aspect, it's like very cool um, because it's like, oh, like if you die, like you have a chance. Like it's like if you got like, like if you had like a bad drop, like this has happened to me, like I'll admit it, um, where you just fall off a fucking ledge and you're a dumbass. And then it's like, oh, like are you kidding me? Like nobody even got me. Then like you have a chance to like get right back in. And then like it doesn't affect your teammates at all. And like they don't have to like scramble to get the cash. But like some, some pretty big critics of this are that it's like, it's too real. Like it's like, cause it's like, like meant to replicate like a, a prisoner of war kind of scenario. And like, that's kind of like the critic of like, that's like, if you're a prisoner of war and you're like made to fight like other prisoner, prisoners of war for resources and like for food, like that's like a, like a war crime that happens. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like from that aspect of it, they're like, why are we putting this in, in a video game? Like, this is kind of like, like kind of a fucked up topic, but as far as like the gaming aspect to um, a battle Royale, I think, I think it works. Um, but like, I also like very much like understand where the critics are coming from on that. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Everything, you know, especially video games, since the dawn of video games, it's, it's been a controversial thing. Some people just can't imagine spending time on them. Um, and yeah, and that's like everything that people are gonna critique it. Yeah, and you know, because it's it's such a it's such a powerful medium, like video games, um, because it's like like there is the ability to to have like a meaningful story, like like if you're like fully immersed in a campaign, like it has like the message to like really drive home like like important topics of conversation, like important messages. Um, and because like you are the character in this and like you are going through the actions, you take personal ownership of how that story plays out. So it can be like a super powerful, like meaningful medium to like convey messages. But then when they get put into like, like what's just fun, like they don't think about like, or if, if like games in the media are like not held responsible for the messages that they put out there that's kind of because it is so powerful like like you taking ownership of that action is yeah. really, it can be can be powerful and, and you know unfortunately that like there, there's speculation that that has like led to like the school shootings in the, the early 90s which really which really sucks there are studies that it's like people that play first person shooters like especially guys like for like the next 30 minutes after playing like a first person shooter they're like considered like more aggressive it's kind of like you i mean you have it you have the choice like it's really all about you like if you are somebody that can't handle like video games and you can't handle first like the violence and and then like you know you you should have the maturity to understand that but you know it's also like like there's a profit being made 
off of every game that's sold too. So there's that aspect to it as well. Definitely. And, and it's like, a, it's also about like your awareness, you know, because I know when I play a game, you know, um, a title that I've been playing recently is uh, UFC 4. Um, a really, really fun game. And when I'm in the ring and I'm, and, you know, I'm boxing, it's really fun. My adrenaline gets up. And yeah, after, after I am, you know, fighting for a bit, I do get amped up and I get a bit aggressive, but I can recognize that that's just because I've been playing the game and I'm aware of that, you know, and um, yeah, I think it just goes back to like mental health. Yeah. Mental health is really an important part and definitely want to shout out just how important it is to take care of your, your mental health. Um, yeah, definitely. Like when we when we publish this, you know, we could even I mean like it's our podcast, so like we could put some links. I think we probably will. Like we'll put some links down. Like if you like are struggling with mental health, like you should reach out to the links that we're gonna put in the description, you know, because that's like really like your mental health, like it, it affects you and those around you and, and you yeah. have to you have to take ownership of that as well. You know, I mean like there are people that have serious issues and it can be really challenging to confront those, but like the end of the day, like you have to, you have to take that first step. And there are so many people and so many resources that are willing to help you out because um, everybody, everybody struggles with some, something. Yeah, definitely. And um, bringing it back to pilot games though, bringing it back to pilot games, would you consider a title like UFC for a pilot game? Hmm. That's interesting. Cause like, you're like still controlling like you're controlling like the like the mo- the movements and motions and how like you want to like attack um, or, or if you want to defend. I think that, yeah, I think that it could be, but then at the same time, if that's considered a pilot game, then wouldn't all games be considered pilot games? Cause you're still moving like you're control, <coughs> excuse me, like you're controlling it. You're yeah. controlling the character. So how is, con- is controlling the character different from controlling like a vehicle navigating a space? Not really because the, uh, the body is the vehicle. It's just a different yeah. kind of vehicle. It's a biological vehicle. There you go, folks. All video games are pilot games. Uh, yeah. We came full circle there. That's uh, the end of the episode. See you later. Some philosophy <laughs> on the pilot episode. You gotta get deep, man. That's, yeah, I guess, yeah, by those metrics. So I, w- I guess... To further this, I would say something that I wouldn't consider, like a game that I wouldn't consider a pilot, would be like Sudoku or like chess or something like that. Definitely. Definitely. I wouldn't consider those either. Pilot games. Um, what else? What about, what about VR? VR, would those be pilot games? Well, in VR, you can definitely like get in a plane or, you know, you can get in a car and... Right, but then there's also, like, it's your movement that is causing the reaction, not, like, you're not controlling. Well, I guess, like, you do move your fingers. You move, you control the, the space, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different medium. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? So you, listener out there, make up your mind on what constitutes as a pilot, and then we'll keep you posted on where you can get in touch with us. Hi, this is Blake in post-production, and you can reach us at thestickybuttonspot at gmail.com.
Again, that's the sticky buttons pod at gmail.com. And if you're checking out this episode, Brandon and I would personally like to thank you so, so much. It is so awesome that you've made it this far. And if you're enjoying, please keep on listening. But if you'd like to check out some of our other work after we've had a little bit more practice, you can go ahead and check out the second episode. We talk about sports video games and you'll really enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. So that brings us back to video games. So one of the reasons that I wanted to, or we wanted to do the, the pilot episode um, is because there's a new game that's coming out. Um, you've probably heard of it. There's been a lot of marketing for it um, called Star Wars Squadrons. I think we're going to give a, a little overview about what we know, but do you have any um, thoughts just from like watching the trailer or anything like that, like off the bat? Um, I actually haven't seen any of the, of the marketing for it yet. I don't know. So I, I'm heavy into the Star Wars fandom. So I would say that what happened was on Xbox, on the Xbox store, Star Wars Squadrons like came up for like a, as like a game that you could buy. Um, and then like people tried to buy it like out of nowhere. It kind of like dropped and people tried to buy it. Like it was like promoted. It's like one of the, the first things that you see. And of course, like you couldn't buy it because the game's not out yet. Um, yeah. But then that kind of like they're kind of like the cats out of the bag kind of thing. And then they announced the next day they, they basically said, like, we'll we'll talk about this like tomorrow at like five. And then they, they released a press conference like releasing the game. And at this point, we have uh, about maybe one or two teaser trailers and about a five minute like game clip on like wow. what the game is supposed to be. Um, so what the game is supposed to be, you're a you're a starfighter. Um, like you should go watch it. Just go watch the go watch the video. Um, they're like teaser trailer, um, and then come back if you haven't seen it. Um, so basically, you're just like a like a pilot in the Star Wars universe, and you play as both the. From what we know, you play as both sides and the Empire and the um, Rebels, like right after the second Death Star is destroyed. So it's like pretty much post, like right after episode six, which is, which is pop, which is a popular place uh, for Star Wars games right now. Cause that's also like right where the campaign starts for Star Wars Battlefront two. Yeah. Um, and there's also the, the, I'm reading, reading a book um, right now and that's aftermath, the aftermath series, which is a trilogy of three books that talks about like incidentally enough, starfighter pilots like right after this. Um, actually, I think it might, at the time when they released Aftermath, it was in the timeline that was the most like right after it that we had, like right after episode six. Then after that, there was like Battlefront 2, that campaign. And then this, I mean, like obviously like we don't know exactly, but it looks like this is going to be pretty close to, to that same timeline. So it could end up being that this game is before the Aftermath series. Um, but it, it would be cool as like somebody that's like reading like the books, like see like a callback to like one of the characters like that. Would, that might be cool. And mm-hmm. if, the, if that happens, I'll, I'll let you all know. So it's supposed to be about it's supposed to be a pretty short campaign um, with some multiplayer. So the campaign's supposed to be about an eight to 15 hour campaign where you play as both sides, Empire and the Rebellion. It's interesting. I noticed that it's not a, um, a 59.99 title. It's a- yeah, it's it's uh it's I think it's forty is it forty something? Yeah, it's forty plus tax, which is uh interesting. Is that like uh, a new thing that's going on? I Yeah, so I I can I can speak to this a little bit and as somebody 
that is is very heavily invested in like the the Star Wars and Star Wars gaming community. It is it is EA, and also like I I, I work in corporate finance, and so I'm, I try to stay on top of the markets as much and as much as I can. And um, a couple about a month ago, like when they released this game, like, or after they officially released this like un- like it was unofficially like they kind of like were like oh like something messed up and we had to tell the world about this game in the next in the next quarterly statement um ea said that they were doubling down on star wars games so if you didn't know after star wars bought the fran or after disney bought the star wars franchise from george lucas they pretty quickly signed an exclusive deal with ea to where ea was the the sole publisher of star wars games for I think seven or 10 years and they haven't really done too much with it. And there actually, there's a, a lot of controversy here. So we're going to have to to get into this in a later episode. It's, this episode is getting a, a little long, but we, we can definitely dive into some of that controversy at a later date. But they said that the fact that they just, they just haven't made that many games and battle Star Wars battlefront two um, is kind of shrouded in the, in the biggest controversy that I've ever seen in gaming personally, like when, like there have been just like points in the game where it's like almost like where the multiplayer is almost unplayable because like one character is like so overpowered compared to the rest. And like, it's just, there woods, it's a, it's a mess basically. And there's a lot of like disconnect from the the people that are in corporate positions and then the the fans of gaming because ea is a is a publicly traded company and they have to answer to their shareholders about um games and and profits the the truth of the matter is that star wars is a huge brand and if they they if they put their name on anything it's going to sell a ton of copies um so the fact that they're they're trying to make more they're trying to make more smaller campaign based games so like this has a smaller campaign and yeah they're not selling it for 60 bucks but they're selling it for 40 or was it was it 49 it's 40 40 yeah so 9.99 yeah so it's like at a 10 buck difference you know what i mean like you could like for 60 bucks or like 60 to 70 bucks you could get like red dead redemption which is like a 200 plus hour game you know and then for 10 bucks less you can get this which has an 8 to 15 hour campaign you know some multiplayer aspects so yeah, EA is just quote unquote like doubling down. So they're just going to be making more Star Wars games. And I think the reason that they're doing that is their, their exclusive license to sell Star Wars games is, is coming. It's coming up to where they're going to renegotiate that with Disney. And a lot of fans think that it's been, they've handled um, the, the gaming aspects like very, very poorly. Like Jedi Fallen Order, for example, like were you familiar with that game? No. So I love this game. Jedi Fallen Order, it came out December of 2019. If you like fighting games and you like Star Wars, like it's, I couldn't recommend it more. It's actually, it's actually the first game I've ever a hundoed, like a hundred percent completed, found everything, like did all the chests. Like it, it was so, I just yeah. thought it was so fun. So basically like you're a Jedi that survived Order 66 and you're working in a, in a scrapyard for the empire. You have like this buddy that's like, Hey man, like you got to get out of here and like live your life. But he's like, no dude, like I want to be here. Like, yeah, like this, this life, like where I'm doing like these manual labor and like scrapping these ships for the empire is it's not great, but it it could be a lot worse. So like, he's like, has like this perspective of like him surviving or like, you don't really know that in the beginning. Um, But he's, you have like later you, I'm not going to spoil it, but like later you learn that, 
like how he was able to survive Order 66. And it, it was very traumatic because um, he was a young Padawan at the time. And then he's like, yeah, this, this is not great, but, you know, like this is better than being discovered and hunted by the Empire kind of yeah. thing. And it's like, it's like a, like a first person uh, like role playing game. I mean, you're not, you know, you have a lightsaber um, and you have to like learn a skill tree and develop like a skill set and um, like learn how to fight with the lightsaber. And you get like, you get like standard like force abilities, like force push and force pull um, throughout the game. And it's like very, like very fun. And it was very critically acclaimed by uh, like the community. And before they, it's actually also done by Respawn, which does the Titanfall series. <laughs> um, well, like EA owns that. Um, or actually, no, no, they don't. EA licensed, licensed this out. So they licensed this out to Respawn and Respawn created this game. And the reason that they did that is like their CEO kind of said like, nobody wants this kind of game. Like nobody, like the, like the gaming community doesn't want a first person or they don't want a community doesn't want a star Wars role-playing game. Yeah. It's like a very niche kind of title. Yeah. And it was like, like it's, I think it's sold like, like a crazy amount of copies and was like very critically acclaimed. I mean, it had like a very emotional story and, and it was very like, it's very awesome. Like I would, I would recommend it to anybody just like, there's like a disconnect in EA to where like there's a disconnect between like like what the game developers want to create like what the community like the gaming community wants and like what the corporation is like that that has like that's a publicly traded company like what they stand for you know so that that definitely that definitely plays a role which actually that reminds me i didn't get to mention why titanfall 2 was like very like critically acclaimed but it had like a very like crappy um like it like it, it didn't do very well as far as like sales. So as, as you know, like the, the campaign for this is very, I'm gonna keep this short, we already kind of moved on, but the campaign is very incredible. Uh, I can definitely like speak more about it later. Um, and I loved playing the game, but it, the way that it was released was very kind of, kind of crappy. At the time, in, in late October of 2016, when it was being released, Battlefield One and Titanfall, which are owned by the same organization, like they came out in like the same, in like the span of two weeks, those two titles came out, Battlefield 1, Titanfall 2, and then there was Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Modern War- Warfare Remastered, which also came out in those like two week, those like two week time frame. And so basically like Battlefield 1 and, and Titanfall 2 um, would be like the first person shooter online multiplayer competition to Call of Duty. Right. The, the corporation that, that owns Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1 were like, well, we're competing against Call of Duty. So, like, if there's, if there's four games out, like four first-person shooter games coming out, we own two of them, like, we'll probably get some of that. And that's why they, they released both of those at the same time, pretty much. And, you know, Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty are, like, a, like more established titles that have a fan base. So, like, if you, if you are going to buy those, like, you can't – like, you're not going to also shell out another – 70 bucks for for titanfall 2 and i actually have like a list of some other games that came out in the same like in the same like span of a month you really had to like be tuned in in to like get titanfall 2 at the time so there was battlefield 1 civilization 6 the elder scrolls call of duty infinite warfare and modern warfare remaster the rise of the tomb raider paper mario color splash and mario party star rush all came out in like the span of like two months. Damn, yeah, that is a pretty stacked lineup. <laughs> so like, and like, 
if you've played all of those, like Tenfold Two would probably be close to the top. I mean, for me, it's in the top three. It's probably in the top two. I happen to love the rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> I happen to love that game. Um, so I don't know if that if it would be, but you know, I mean, like, and there's a lot that appeals to a lot of different people. There, like, there's like Mario games, um, right. like Civilization, Elder Scrolls, and then first-person shooters. You know, there's all kinds of genres. You know, in that two-month time frame, and you're just competing with a lot there. So that's that's kind of why Titanfall Two is didn't uh, didn't get as much recognition at the box office. So yeah, so we're kind of running out of time a little bit. So I'll just kind of briefly go over um, some more stuff for Star Wars Squadrons really quick. So it's going to be on top of the campaign, there's going to be a multiplayer uh, 5v5 dogfights. And then there's going to be a, another mode called Fleet Battles, which is like a multi-stage conflict that has like a five. It's also a 5v5. It's going to have like stages where you have like a 5v5 and then you're going to coordinate against a capital ship. And then the third stage would be to disable and destroy their flagship. But they also like specifically mention like, like a social hub to discuss strategy. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you feel about that? That's interesting, like just a, a space in the game where people can come together and kind of like plan out what they're going to do before they do it. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, they, the, the game mechanics that they mentioned in that um, specifically are tractor beams, turrets, and mines. So I just feel like, like, and there's like over, they mentioned there's over 50, 50 components and mods that you can customize your Starfighter with. So I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be more like a strategy game and less like a, like a flying around game. So just something to, something to consider. We're not really quite sure what this game is at this point. Something that I feel strongly about, but I don't know if you have any opinions on this. Or they, they came out and said that it's going to be locked in first person instead of being able to switch yeah. from first person to third person. How do you feel about that? Um, I think that's going to like allow the studio to to do a lot more on the you know competitive end yeah i think that's that's fine with me i'm not really much of a player that like alternates between first and third uh, and i think yeah. i get used to things quickly and yeah yeah so you don't really think it'll affect you too much yeah. if you ever decide to play it i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna have to you know get the title and play with you man because it's only 40 bucks and it seems really interesting it seems like an interesting thing yeah, definitely. So there's one more thing that I, I know that we kind of got to wrap this up soon, but there's something kind of big that happened in the, the gaming world this week that I wanted to bring up. Did you hear about how Epic Games, the studio that owns Fortnite, is suing Apple and no, Google? I did not hear about that. What, how are they? Why? So it's, it's, it has some really big implications outside of the gaming world and also like in the in the in the world world i'll kind of keep this this overview kind of short so when like for example fortnite if they're playing and somebody decides like if they're playing mobile and somebody decides to buy a bundle for every dollar that they spend 30 percent of that apple gets to keep as a brokerage fee not like brokerage fee that's a bad way to that's a bad way to put it but like for being the middleman they get right so, so it's it's their platform and they have the um so they own the app store and because the game is on the app store, they get to keep 30% of that as the fee. This is, this is huge. And it's, it's really kind of crazy when you think about it is you're like, why is like Fortnite? Do they really stand a chance against Apple? Who's like the biggest game or the, the biggest company 
you know, in the world right now? Like, do they really even stand a chance at this? And like, why exactly are they suing them? So, so the implication of this is that in, in reality, every 30, every, like every, for every dollar that anybody on any app is, is spent, 30% of that goes to Apple. No matter like what it is, like 30% of it goes to Apple. And there's also like the same thing for the Google store. Like it's the same thing also for Facebook and Instagram. So if you, if you buy something on Instagram, like through an Instagram ad or Facebook, 30% of that goes to Facebook. So like, that's kind of like, like, and that, and that's a huge percentage. If you have to also factor in like profits, like onto taking, like immediately taking a 30% hit off of something like that really affects the entire world, which is why Apple is is the biggest, the biggest company in the world. And they, they kind of mention it like a couple, a couple quarters ago that they, their Apple, their Apple pay quote unquote um, was one of the biggest like electronic brokers of, or mediators of funds in the world. Um, And if you think about it, like money coming through those would, would be through Apple pay, which is their. And that they also take 30% of all those transactions. Well, I don't know if they like, I don't know if they take 30% of Apple pay, but like anything, like any dollar on the, like any dollar you've ever spent on an app, they get 30% of it. Like, it's just like a, like, it's a non-negotiable. It's part of the contract that every like developer, every, any app has to, has to go through. It's kind of the, the analogy that people are using in the real world is they're like, so because like the app store and the Google store, like you have to like they own those platforms. Like if you have like an iPhone, like you have to get your apps through the app store because it's their software. Right. So they're, the way that they're describing it is kind of like, like a mediator, like a referee that is betting on the game. I see. So it's like, yeah, they also like, so they regulate it. So basically what happened was Fortnite said, hey, we'll give you 20% off if you're like, I don't really know exactly what the percentage is there. We'll give you a discount if you skirt this Apple system and go to this link and pay here. Oh my God. And, and Apple said that if they did that, they would take them right off because it violated their, their legal agreement. Yeah, their agreement. And they did that. And everyone's kind of like, what? Like, why is like, like Epic Games suing Apple? And a lot of people think that they don't have a shot. Um, but the thing is, is that Epic owns Unreal. Like Unreal is also like, here, I'll read you this thing. Unreal from, Engine? Unreal Engine, yeah, which is used in like a lot of, a lot of like architecture. I love Unreal. Um, yeah, it's in, like it's used to create a lot of things like apps, games, and architecture as well. Yeah, it's really useful. There's like, yeah, like Warner Brothers use it um, to create apps and movies or games and movies. Like it's, it's a huge... So it's basically to tell you how huge this is, Epic Games, they have over 11 million licenses across video games and movie production, movie productions, ag- architecture, aerospace, and other industries. So they, they like, on all of these 11 million titles, they're paying 30%. So that's why they're like, they're taking a stand against it. And, you know, I think that's just very interesting. It's going to have a lot of, like, real world like applications because if they win for example like that's that's a big amount of money that is that that is no longer going to belong to apple google and facebook um well because i mean like if it apple and google lose 
Facebook's going to get sued by one of its suppliers or one of its, you know what I mean? It's, it's basically the same thing. So all the, the tech teams. All the tech giants do it. So it's kind of like a big, it's going to be one of the, I learned about this in my law class where it's like, there's one case that's like, kind of sets like the jurisprudence, I think. And it's like, mm-hmm. after that, every other case is similar. You know, judges kind of like judge in a similar fashion. And so I'm pretty sure like these tech giants are going to be lobbying to kind of help Apple protect its, its stake at those 30%. And yeah, Epic Games is not having it. I'm sure with like the COVID stuff, they're, you know, their accounts receivables, people are looking at it and they're like, holy shit, like we could have been getting a fuck ton more money, but um, we're giving it out to Apple on some... It's kind of just, the, it's the name, it's the name of the game. Like if you want to do business, you have to play by Apple, Google, and Facebook's rules. And you know, that's kind of the, the disconnect right now where the entire economy right now because of COVID is, is down. But because of, because of Apple, Google, Facebook, and Amazon, those four companies, the S&P is up. And that, that's the disconnect because like, like, for example, if you were looking to invest in a company... And there were, and they had, if they had a hundred, hundred people that they are a hundred customers, but they got most of their business from four people you'd be like, that's pretty risky. And that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at right now um, in the financial markets, at least where people are like starting to raise some brows. Like this is, there's this, there's a big disconnect because these four giants control a big aspect right. of it. So there you go. That's a, that's a great way and a great way to tie it in, tie up our pilot episode about how, Video games affect the rest of us in the real world. Yeah, it's been a it's been a fun episode, and I'm looking forward to making a bunch more. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, uh, good luck in school tomorrow, kid. Pack your lunch, get straight A's, be nice to the professor, give him an apple. <laughs> yeah, my butt.